Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ryan Schlesinger Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Schlesinger. This is episode 15, and we have some great news to report. First, let's start off with the bad before we save the best for last. The bad news is that the Marlins lost what you could call a heartbreaker last night. Not a true heartbreaker, but somewhat a heartbreaker. A game that you would not expect them to win. And they actually came so close and... Very frustrating that they couldn't pull this out. I attended the game August 26th. It was a 6.40 start time game. Very fun game to go to. Very long game, too. Four hours. The game ended around 10.40, and the game started around 6.40. The Marlins ended up losing it by a final score of 10-6. to It looks a lot different, though. In the total box score, when you see that, they actually played 10 innings. Let me explain. It was a scoreless game through 5-0-0. The Marlins were playing great up to that point, especially at least on the pitching side. Tommy Nance with two innings pitched. He was the opener in this game. This was a bullpen game. I said in my podcast that I thought that Brian Hoeing was going to be pitching that game, but... Last minute, they decided that Tommy Nance will be starting instead. He pitches two innings, allowing no earned runs and two hits. Gets one strikeout, walks two guys. He was doing a good job pitching the contact. Then Husker Brazobon came in, allowing no earned runs, no hits, two clean, hitless innings other than the walk. Would have been two perfect innings. And he got three strikeouts, some great stuff. From Husker Brazobon last night. Actually, two nights ago. Since, well, no, only one night ago. I'm recording this currently actually at 1.32 a.m. So, that was technically two days ago now. Then, Brian Hoeing came in over two innings. He allowed two hits, one earned run. And... Here's where things start to get interesting. So the Dodgers score one in the sixth. Then the Marlins get two in the sixth, thanks to a Joey Wendell RBI double. Then the Dodgers get two in the seventh. Marlins tack on with two more in the bottom of the seventh. Just a really, really wild game. And... Then what happened after that was a scoreless eighth for both teams. The Dodgers score two in the ninth. Tanner Scott comes into the ball game. And, well, with one away, he needed to get two more outs if he wanted to secure this Marlins win. Mookie Betts hits a home run. He gets into some trouble, walks some guys. He finished his outing with two walks. If you're a closer, you can't walk two guys. It's really the situation. I think Tanner Scott should not be the closer. I think Stephen Oker deserves a chance. He's been phenomenal this season. Stephen Oker, TRA, is 2.45. He's had a few bad outings, but pretty much every reliever, unless you're really Edwin Diaz, has some bad outings. But Tanner Scott, man, you just hate to see it. Uh, Mookie Betts hits the game, tying homer. Barely stayed fair. I was actually in the camera shot when he hit that. You could see me and my friend from pretty far away. 
Then he gives up another earned run, making this ball game the Dodgers up by one. So not only did that make this ball game side, it made it a one-run ball game in favor of the Dodgers. <sighs> then when they get you excited, the Marlins. Boy, do they get your hopes up. Peyton Burdick ties up the game with a solo homer. You start to think, J.J. Blade just missed a homer in the bottom of the eighth inning. It was caught at the very end of the track. Actually, a great leaping catch by Cody Ballinger over in center. So, Peyton Burdick ties up the game. We're going to extras. Marlins strand two runners at the end of that inning. So, they almost walked it off. And I almost saw my first ever Marlins walk-off win. I've actually only seen one walk-off in person from what I can remember, which was this season when I saw the Taylor Walls walk-off. I think it was a three-run homer. Might have been a two-run homer. But no, they don't walk it off. They tie the game. We go to the 10th, and the pitching just collapses. Andrew Nardi comes in, and he allows four earned runs, five runs total. It just gets just one strikeout on the inning. And very tough one for Andrew Nardi, basically losing the game for us. Dodgers offense had to wake up at some point. We were doing pretty well against them up to that point. Marlins end up scoring one after that in the 10th. I don't even know how they scored that because I left the game once the Dodgers took a four-run lead because, well, I knew it was game over. I mean, the Marlins, they're just not coming back like that. They don't score that many runs, especially against a team with a great bullpen like the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now let's get to the good news, because I hate talking about bad news, but you know what I love? Talking about good news. Unfortunately, we've had to talk about more bad news than good news on this podcast. But, well, Sandy Alcantara is him. Yep, he is him. He is a Cy Young. Cy Young Sandy. Let me say that again. Cy Young Sandy. This man is the best pitcher in baseball. He's going to win the Cy Young Award. Maybe you can make a case he's not the best pitcher in baseball. But you know what? I'm allowed to be biased. Come on. I love the Marlins. I love having a guy that is just so good because the Marlins don't have a sensational talent that's the best in the league on their team other than, of course, Sandy Alcantara. And this is the first time that the Marlins have had a stud like that since, well, Jose Fernandez. He is Jose Fernandez 2.0, but he's better. He's better than Jose Fernandez. Jose Fernandez was dominant, but I think Sandy was better. Jose Fernandez just, he didn't go the distance as much as Sandy does. I actually don't really know as much, but even though I was not a Marlins fan during that time, I just think, I don't think Jose Fernandez was up to that level. I think he had the potential to be like that, but unfortunately just gone too soon. Rest in peace, Jose Fernandez. Anyways, you could make a case that Tony Gonsolin and Justin Verlander are better. ERA is better for both of them. And honestly, I think the season is pretty close between Sandy and Verlander, but the difference maker between Sandy and Gonsolin is that Sandy Alcantara, I was looking at this before I saw someone retweeted something from ESPN Stats and Info Twitter account. Sandy Alcantara has four complete games this season, and you could say five because he 
pitched nine scoreless against the Nationals this one night. The Marlins still ended up winning in 10. It was that crazy game. I remember I was actually at the Trop during this. And Sandy pitched nine. The Marlins gave up one run in the top of the 10th to the Nationals. It was one to nothing because it was 0-0. Great scoreless inning. And then they tied up off a controversial play off the, at the plate with Jazz Chisholm. It was ruled that the catcher was blocking the base for the Nationals. He was blocking home plate. And therefore, making it a tie game. Jesus Aguilar delivers with an RBI game-winning single off the second base bag. Williams Astudio scored. So you really could say that Sandy has five. But for now, he has four perfect games, which is all that matters. Not perfect games. What am I saying? Complete games. I'd love for him to have four perfect games, though. Four complete games for San Alcantara. And, well, that's more than any other team has, just for one player. Nobody else does this. Sandy Alcantara is straight out of the 1980s, okay? Nobody goes the distance like Sandy Alcantara. It is just unbelievable. He leads the league in innings pitched by a pretty good margin. Let's take a look at that. So... Sandy Alcantara, why is it not going to show me how much innings pitched he has on MLB app? But just show me that he has 185 and two-thirds of an inning pitched. For some reason, it doesn't show how much the other guys have. He has four complete games, of course. Trying to find some other stats that he leads in. He does not, he doesn't lead the league in any other stats, but he's just a complete workhouse workhorse, and he's still... 10th in strikeouts while pitching the contact. He has eight. He's eighth in wins, despite playing on a team that barely gives him any run support. And he is 10th in whip. He's ninth in batting average against. And funny thing, actually. I think most people might know this, but I just came across the stat of who has the most losses, and actually, Patrick Corbin has the most losses. I think that might be Trevor Rogers if he stayed healthy, though. Is he on here? Oh, he is on here, actually. He's 11th in losses, tied for 11th, with a guy who's actually been pretty good, too, is up there. In losses, Tristan McKenzie also tied for 11th, and he's been pretty good this season for the Guardians. little inconsistent, but still pretty good. Anyways, all I really have to say is Sandy Alcantara, he just is him. Four complete games. I mean, just wow. Nobody else does it like Sandy Alcantara does. Just nobody. He is once in a generation. He's... A generational talent. And I continue to obsess over Sandy Alcantara. Twitter loves him. I mean, I saw so much support tweets tonight from the Marlins community. It was great. I feel like the Marlins have fans. Also, you also have to mention the great attendance for the Marlins in this game. I mean, Dodgers are in town. The best pitcher in baseball is pitching. And the attendance tonight was 23,000. It's pretty rare for the Marlins to have over 20,000 in attendance for a game. But, well, they really did deliver tonight. 
And last night, the attendance was, wasn't the worst for Marlins standards, but it wasn't a great attendance. This was a pretty similar attendance to the home opener. And, well, very happy that the Marlins are selling some seats because Sandy Alcantara is a must-watch pitcher. Unfortunately, I couldn't go to this game, but I was able to make it last game. And I hope that the next time Sandy Alcantara pitches at home, I will be there and I will be sitting in Sandy's Beach for the first time ever. Anyways, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Right before we end it, tomorrow the Marlins are playing the Dodgers. Actually, today, by the time I'm recording this and by the time you're going to be listening to this. So today, the Marlins are playing the Dodgers 12.05 p.m. A great pitching matchup. Edward Cabrera with his 1.41 ERA. He has not allowed an earned run since coming off the injured list. And Julio Urias with his 13 wins, a 2.36 ERA. Great pitching matchup. Then the last game of the series, you have another great pitching matchup. The man himself, who is tied for the most wins in baseball, Tony Gonsolin with his 16-1 and record. Just unbelievable. Tony Gonsolin has been great this season. A 2.10 ERA. Better than Sandy's, just by a little bit, though. I think Sandy's going to come come for him for the best ERA in the National League. And then Pablo Lopez on the other side of that matchup with an 8-8 eight and eight record. 3.66 ERA. Strode a little bit, but he had a big confidence-boosting start against the Athletics on that West Coast road trip. That game starts at 6.40. Then after that, the Marlins host the Rays for two games in Miami. They played earlier this season in St. Petersburg. And then after that, for the weekend, the Marlins will go to Atlanta for a three-game series over in the Battery. Thanks for listening, everyone. And now I'm out. I'll see you next time.